In fact, I was reading this in the Bible some time ago uh, in my devotional reading where Jesus was moving down the road and a guy called out to him uh, for mercy. He was a blind man. He was asking for mercy. And, uh, and so the Lord finally stops and he calls the guy to him and then he asks him a question. And the question he asked him was, what, it, what is it that I can do for you? And when I read that, Again, my mentor taught me this, that when you read the word, remember, I think I told you this Sunday, you don't read the word just to find out what he said, but you need to know why he said it. Because if you don't understand his heart, you'll never understand his hand. That's what he told me. You've got to get into the heart of God, not just the technicality of what he said. And I looked at that and I thought, Jesus is asking the blind guy who's called out for mercy. But mercy is very, very generic. It could mean almost anything. So he asked the guy a specific question, what do you want me to do for you? And I'm watching that process happen, and I'm thinking to myself, now, Lord, wait just a minute. The guy's blind. Hello. Do we need a doctor here to tell us this one? No, we might need a doctor to tell us of someone they have an issue with their liver or their heart, or, but a blind guy? Well, we don't need Do we need a prophetic anointing? We need to be full of the Holy Ghost and know that someone's blind? Good night, no. And, and, and he, but he asked the blind guy, what do you want me to do? And I'm thinking, well, Lord, why would you ask that guy that question? We can all see what it is. And then I begin to understand something, because it wasn't just in a setting like that, but he did it in others, that, that Jesus really didn't minister to people where they had a problem. He ministered to people where their heart was open. Because people receive not necessarily where they have a need, they receive where their spirit is open. So what you want to do is start aligning wherever your need is with, and have an open heart in that area. Because if you do, you'll get a great miracle of God. And so all over the earth, I tell people just a very simple thing before, if it's a healing service, I tell them this all the time. Why don't you just open your heart to something tonight? But be direct with it. Be very specific with it. It's, it's not that you're limiting to that. Uh, you're not going to limit yourself to one thing. But you, it's hard to grab 500 things. You've got to start somewhere. You've got to have one before you can have two. Isn't that right? You've got to start somewhere. And, and what happens when you, when, you, when you just pick out one for, for God to do, it, it, and he meets with you, and it'll happen in this service. There's a healing flow already in the room. I saw it very clearly when we were worshiping. I saw two great, strong, actually one of them I caught in prayer. I told Pastor yesterday afternoon, that almost never happens to me. I don't know if that makes it any better. But yesterday afternoon, uh, he spoke to me about a particular flow of healing that would happen in this service tonight. And I saw it very plainly when I came in the room, and then I saw another one. Here's what I know. Jesus is healing right now. You know, Pastor said the Spirit's always moving, and that's really true. He's not going to move. He's always been on the move. He's perpetually that way. Everything we see in Scripture from the very beginning, what we read of him, the very beginning, before the earth was even solidified in the form it is now, the Bible tells us in Genesis 1 there were two things that he was doing which has been an indicative of him all throughout Scripture. Do you remember what those two things were? Number one, he was moving. Number two, he was talking. Is that right? In Genesis 1, that's what you'll find. The Spirit of God was moving on the face of the waters, and God said... And those two things you'll find to be true about God all the way through. He's always moving and he's always talking. That means he's communicating, he's interacting. And it is in that moment that a miracle takes place in your life. If you will open your heart right now to something specific, pick out something you want God to do. Come on, someone just needs to say tonight, I'm going to be delivered from whatever it is, a fear that I'm dealing with, or I'm going to get my eyes healed tonight, or this is the night for my back to get healed. And then what you do is you look for that moment. Because he will speak to you. He will interact with you. He will communicate with you. And communication happens many ways, doesn't it? While it is verbal, it's not always verbal. Sometimes it's a look, isn't it? Did anybody have a mother that could give them the look? <laughs> then you all know that sometimes communication can happen with just a look. All right? The eyes of the Lord are over the righteous. His ears are open to their prayers. There comes a time where God focuses in on you, and you can sense the presence of the Lord in that very way. How many know what I just said there? And you know he's in the room, and you know it's for you in that way. I remember we, we saw, uh, we had, a, in western New York, we was ministering, and we had a witch, a practicing witch, come into the services and came in to disrupt the services, and yet, and she got saved that night, and, but this was her testimony. She says, when I got in this service, it liked to creep me out, because it was like the whole place was focused just on me. Everybody that said anything, Every song that was sung and the very message itself was it was as though the, that everyone on the stage was ignoring everybody else in the room and it was targeted in just on me and me alone 
Well, I looked at that and I thought, there you go. That is exactly what our God is like. When he comes to you, he will not be the savior of the world. He'll be your savior. It becomes, you know, Brother Billy Graham used to say it this way. He is our personal savior and our personal Lord. Remember him using that kind of language? Because it becomes very personal within your life. And you need to select something specific for him to do and look for a personal moment between you and this almighty God tonight. Because it may come as a peace within your soul. It may come to you as a lifting off of the burden. And that lets you know you're entering into the, the gentle peace of the Lord. It brings you into a miracle. It may come as a touch of God on your body, as so many described happening in them in the Sunday night service. Or maybe just a change. All of a sudden, everything changes. The ear opens up, like happened for you. Or, or the pain leaves someone's back. Or their shoulder uh, now has full range of movement. Look for a moment. I don't know what you came for tonight, but I didn't come to hear me preach. I intend on preaching, but I didn't come for a, a religious delivery. I came to experience something that's more than us, this glory of God, this power of God. And I'm looking to go out of this place rejoicing tonight over the things that happen in your life. Really. I've already, I've texted my family, I've already told them about the healings that God has done here. I have talked to them about the, uh, uh, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit that has been received in people's lives. Uh, there was about five that I counted last night that spoke in tongues, uh, a couple of people that entered the kingdom when they did it. Wow. Man. Did you all hear that? In the Greek, they would say, hot dog. It's legal to smile all you want on a Tuesday night. Sunday, you're only allowed two smiles. <laughs> He's an almighty God. Tomorrow night, we're going to anoint everybody with oil. Are we preparing the oil, Pastor? Good. Wonderful. Can I tell you how we're going to anoint with oil tomorrow night? Now, I grew up in a good Assembly of God church in western New York, and we had, uh, it was almost like a miracle. We had a bottle of oil that was about this big, about that big around it, about that big, and it could last for 10 years. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not sure if it actually was a miracle or that what we did is we practiced the, well, now everybody under the age of 40 won't know what I'm saying here, but the rest of you explain to them, would you? Uh, what we did is we did the brill cream anointing. You, you know what the brill cream anointing is? Uh, remember what brill cream said? What did I say? A, a little what? A little dab will do. Yeah, we just took that little thing on our finger just like that. My God, you could, you know, you could take four ounces of oil and run it for a decade. Uh, that way. But when I was working with, uh, with Brother Shambach, is it okay if I just talk for a while before I preach? Can I do that? Uh, when I was working with Brother Shambach, uh, I learned how to anoint people with oil. Now, let me tell you how he did it. Now, when I worked with him, it was near the end of his life. He was in his 80s. And uh, so uh, when we do these, uh, these big camp meetings, uh, he would speak only the last night. And sometimes he'd take a daytime teaching thing with leaders. And, uh, but he'd have other speakers that would speak. But the last night, he would, he'd love to do anointing services. And so uh, in my job, predominantly there, I was the planting pastor of the church there. But when it came to events, then I became the platform man. You all understand what that language means? I, I, can, I, I arranged, conducted the flow of the service is what I did. And so uh, when he would finish preaching in the altar call, then what I would do is I would motion to one of my guys. They'd come up and grab that pulpit like this, and they'd jerk it out of the way. Uh, and then another one of my guys would bring a seat right up to the edge of the stage because in his 80s, he didn't stand to lay hands on people for two hours. So, he would, so, so he'd, he'd, we'd put that seat down. About that time, I'd come right up alongside him. I'd give him this arm right here, and then he would grab a hold of that, and he would gently sit down on that seat. Now, while he was doing that, I'm putting a cloth over his lap, and then my right-hand associate, he'd be coming with the anointing oil, as Brother Shambach had directed, which would be one of those orange buckets from Home Depot, the five-gallon bucket, and it was filled with oil. And he'd roll his sleeve up, way up over his elbow, and then he'd stick his hand down in that, this is the truth, that bucket of oil, I mean, till his hand was on the bottom, just like that. So, I mean, it was all the way up his arm, buddy. And you'd come in line, boy, and he'd slap you on the head, just like that. <laughs> Woo! 
You got anointed and everybody on the right and left got anointed too. It's truth, man, I mean to tell you, it'd go everywhere, you know. I. <laughs> you know, in that environment, we all wore suits. That was, what you, that was the legal wear at that time. And I realized that after the first time of being in an anointing service with Brother Shambach, I made sure I came appropriately dressed the next service. You know what I'm talking about? That meant I got my shirt at Marshall's. <laughs> got the jacket off that suit. <laughs> and the tie, too. I mean, it was Texas, buddy. But I got news for you. There were no bouffant hairdos by the end of the night. You had an oil slick right down the middle. Just like that. He, Brother Shambach used to say it like this. He, he would say, Thou anointest my head with oil. <laughs> Boy, he really did. He really did. Well, I'm not R.W. Shambach, and I, I'm sure not going to do that, but Pastor's going to bring me a bowl of oil. Not a little bowl either. I'm going to bring me a big old bowl like that and put a little oil in there. And I'm, gonna, I'm just going to wet my hands down like this with it, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just get you right across the forehead. Now, some of you are going to have to clear me a landing strip, but some of you, some of you are ready for a double anointing already. I can see you out there. You're, you're a two-handed anointing with ease. Uh, but, the, you know, the, the word anointing in Scripture says to smear. That's what it actually means. And so uh, I don't think it was wrong to do the little dab like we did. I'm, I'm kind of just having fun with you, but... Uh, but there's going to be an anointing moment. Let me tell you, and all of the humor we're kind of presenting this is, this is uh, we're going to have a holy moment when that comes. And the mark of God is going to come upon you. And that, that anointing time is going to bring everything that anointing does. For some, it will bring healing, others deliverance, others it's going to bring joy, many it's going to bring impartation to. And the key thing that God put within my heart to talk to people about was that idea of generational blessing. That when that mark of God comes upon you, it consecrates you, separates you, and your household in that way. And I'm believing God for generational blessing to pour into you and into all that you love and all that are connected to you in that, in that service tomorrow. And, and uh, you know, someone says, well, it's just symbolic, but, well, no, it isn't. It is symbolic, but uh, it's more than that. See, I think that any time we do something in obedience to what God has told us to do, Anytime we do something in this world, what God has told us to do, I think that there's something that is also happening in the heavenlies at the same time. So I know when I lay my hands on someone that is sick, it's just, this is just a natural hand, and I'm just touching a natural head, but I think there's another hand there. I think there's someone else that puts their hand on us just like that. I really do. When I see sick people get healed, I realize it's not because we prayed the right prayer. It's because the healer is present. It wasn't because we had the right spiritual incantation. It's because the unseen one was working in a realm that we can see. I believe that. I believe that's truth toward anything that God calls us to do. And I believe when we anoint you in the name of the Lord Jesus tomorrow night, I think, I think the oil of heaven is going to come upon you as well. I believe there will be a mark of God's oil on you that you may wipe off this oil, and you surely will before you leave that building, but you're going to have an oil put on you that won't be wiped off, that will saturate your spirit, permeate you, and bring transformation in your life. That's tomorrow night. You don't want to miss tomorrow night. I can promise you it's going to be a, a great service. And the offering tomorrow night, by the way, is going to be for our African Crusades. All the offerings we've received up to this point is for what we do here in the United States, North America. This is how we live, and that's how we minister here at home. And, and we need it here at home. And sometimes people focus so much somewhere else that they forget what we need right here. We need revival in America. We need the touch of God in our, in our country. We need the power of God demonstrated in our country. And, and I do that pretty well, pretty well every week out of the year. I'm on the road and in hotels about 300 days out of the year. And about seven to eight months of it is right here in the U.S. or in the country of Canada, uh, but mostly here at, in, in the U.S. And, uh, and every week we see people here at home saved, healed, filled with the Holy Ghost. Can you say praise God for that? Every week, right here at home, we see it happen. And then when we go overseas, we see it happen largely, very largely in those places too. Well, as I minister this word tonight, his healing will flow in this room. And I worship you for that right now. I thank you for the fact that you confirm your word, not our ideas, not our opinions, but you do confirm your word with signs that follow. I know that the God who is alive and is among us is here right now doing these very things 
and they're becoming enlarged in this room tonight. I know what I saw a moment ago as a simple stream of healing that flooded in this house. I know that will get big and bigger as this night progresses, as the hearts of the people open up and they draw on this power of God. It comes right to them. And I meant, I bless you for it right now. I worship you in this very way. I want to talk to you about things that will help you get a miracle. Now, here's the key word. Things that will help you get a miracle today. Someone shout today. Come on. Things that will help you get a miracle today. Let me help you understand about the nature of God and the nature of the kingdom of God. The day Pastor was, uh, was playing some scripture for me, I, I didn't point it out as we were talking, but it grabbed me twice in what we heard there in the Revelation. When Jesus revealed who he was, and, and this is what he said, I am he that, that, that am, and I was, and I am to come. All right? Here's what you found about God, and it said it again another time, I am he that, that is, and was, and is to come. He didn't, now, we would not say it that way. We would say, well, he used to be, or, or he was, and he is, and he is to come. But he didn't say that. He said, I am, and I was, and I am to come. Because God is always in the now. Are you hearing this? And so, and so the now was presented first. It wasn't presented from, the, for, we think the first is back there. That's not true. When, when you see God, here's the thing about God. God, you, you know where God dwells? He dwells in eternity. He's the eternal God, am I right? The eternal God made something we call time. Time has a beginning and time has an end. Uh, but it, 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 it is complete in him. The fullness of everything that is, is in him right now. Are you on track with me now? And so let me tell you where God is. God is always in the now. And, he, and everything about time is set within eternity. Therefore, whenever you receive a miracle, what happens is you get out of just what is the limitation of this world, of the, uh, of the, the ceiling of this world, of the boundaries of this world. You step out of that into the presence of the Almighty God. That's where Abraham had the transformation within his life. When he was nearly 100 years old, he had an encounter with God. It was one of many, but it climaxed right at that point. And, the, uh, and while the Genesis passage is very interesting in its approach and its record of it, the Romans passage is even more clear. And in the Romans passage, chapter 4, and I'm not asking you to turn to it, but in that passage, the Bible says this. It talks about Abraham, and it says, Before him whom he believed, even God, who quickens the dead and, and calls those things that be not as though they are. Have you read that scripture before? All right, so the description goes like this. It speaks of Abraham, and it says this, before him whom he believed. So we're finding out that the record is talking about not something that Abraham just simply believed, but it was out of that moment before the presence of God. When you step into the presence of God, something extraordinary takes place within your life. Miracles don't happen outside of his presence. Jesus was so clear when he said to his own disciples, the ones he had trained, he had personally mentored. They had walked with him. They had seen his miracles. They had experienced his power. And yet he told them before they, he left, he said, without me, you can do nothing. Don't ever forget that. It's always true. Everything happens in him with him. Those two things are extremely key. And Abram got out of what was the confines of this natural dimension into the place of the glorious one, the eternal God. And when he got before him, this is what happened in that man. He said, I listened to him talk about Isaac. But when he spoke about Isaac, and you've got to understand, at this point, the boy had not been conceived in, in Sarah yet. But in the, he said, when I was before the presence of God, he spoke of those things that were not as though they were. In other words, God was not saying to Abraham, you can still do it, buddy. I believe you can still do it. He wasn't saying that. A actually, Abraham's in there saying, good night. Do you listen to him? He's talking about this thing like it's already so. It wasn't a positive confession. It was the reality of where God is and where God dwells. Because he is the eternal God. Now, I don't know if I'm making this clear yet. He's the omnipresent God. May I say it that way? Now, we think of omnipresence in this sense. And omnipresence means uh, he's everywhere all the time and all at the same time, which is accurate. But we limit that to how we understand things. 
So we say that means he's in Moscow now, but he's also in Sydney. He's in Sydney now, but he's also in Johannesburg. He's in Johannesburg now, but, uh, uh, but he's also in Palm Springs. He's everywhere all the time, all at the same time. That is true, but let me present something else to you. He's everywhere in time at the same time. He is the I am. Not the I used to be and someday I'm going to be. He is the I am. That's why the lamb was slain. The scripture says the lamb was slain. It doesn't say 2,000 years ago. It says the lamb was slain from the foundation of the world. That's why, uh, that's why Jesus said when the Jews were talking to him about Abraham and, and he was saying that you're not of Abraham's seed, which really ticked them off, you know. And they said, boy, we don't know who you are, but we know who we are. We're Abraham's seed. He said, no. He said, you don't behave like Abraham. Abraham saw my day and rejoiced. And they looked at him and said, well, good night, man. You're not yet 50 years old. And you say that Abraham saw your day? Remember how he answered them? He said, before Abraham was, he didn't say, I was. He said, I am. He is the present God. Let me tell you where you get a miracle. You get it in the presence of God, and when you get in the presence of God, everything is now. May I say that one more time? The moment you step out of this, the confines of this present realm, and the dimension of what we call time, and you enter the presence of the eternal one, Nothing is ever too late, and nothing is ever someday going to be. It is all in the now, right there. It's completed him. So the Bible says things like, today is a day, and now is the time for salvation. Anybody that gets saved, gets saved now. Am I right? I think I said it to you Sunday, it's kind of like this. No one ever comes and calls upon the Lord's name and, and genuinely gets saved. And then when you ask them afterwards what happened, they say, well, I asked Jesus into my heart. I believe with all my heart that by the end of the week I'll be saved. Anybody that ever says that to you, you know they didn't get it. Am I right? It didn't happen. Because when you got saved, it happened right then. It wasn't going to be a someday thing. It wasn't going to be an eventually matter. It was right now. You know, now I know that today uh, education is a little different than what you and I had. Well, at least when I was educated. Now, was it a, did, did you have a one-room school hall? You didn't have textbooks, did you? No. They had to recite the stuff. You, yeah. That's just wrong, isn't it? That's just wrong to the bone. But, but, I, but I know that, they, that some things they teach today is a little different than what they taught when, uh, when I was in school. But here's what they taught me in school, and I think this is pretty well true still today. They taught me that concerning the week, that there were seven days to a week. And, the, and, the, and those days were this. You have Sunday and a Monday and a Tuesday and a Wednesday and a Thursday and a Friday and a Saturday. But here's the thing. There was no someday. Did you all hear that? There was no someday. And anybody that believes that someday God's going to heal them, someday God's going to set them free, someday God's going to meet my need. I'm going to tell you that day never comes because there is no such thing as someday. There's actually today. And he is today everything he's ever going to be. Do you understand he's as great as he ever was, and he's as great as he'll ever be? He's that right now. He's not getting better, getting smarter, getting stronger. He's not going to be more by Friday than what he is right now. He's as much a healer today as he's ever been a healer, and he's as much a healer right now as he's ever going to be. So why would we wait to another point to get what is right now available? Hmm. Getting some head nods tonight. That's coming around the corner to an amen. <laughs> I'm talking about things that help you get your miracle today because if you don't put it in the, in the today mode, it'll never happen in your life. Because tomorrow will always still be tomorrow. And the end of the week will always still be the end of the week. You've got to grab that thing in this moment in your life because this is where he is. Come on, someone needs to say, today is my day. This is my time right now. This is my time, and it really is. It always will be that way. Even if it happens on Friday, it still won't happen on Friday for you until Friday becomes that day for you. You get what I just said? 
That's how it opens up in your life. I'm talking about things that will help you get a miracle today. And let me tell you some things that have opened my heart, that opened my heart to receive right now the things that he already has prepared for us. There's just a few of them, very easy to go with. Uh, one is, is my, my mentor's favorite scripture verse. It was Hebrews 13 and verse 8. Hebrews 13 and verse 8 says this. You all know this one. If you don't, you should. It's a great verse. Hebrews 13, 8 says, Jesus Christ is the same. Yesterday, today, forever. Wow, isn't that great? Jesus Christ is the same. Let me say it again. He's as great as he ever was. Whatever you've heard about him that's true, he still is. You heard he opened up the eyes of the blind back then? He still does that. You heard he cleansed the leper or the AIDS patient of his day? He's still the same. You heard he provided for people's material needs? Did he do it? Hey, we're coming up on tax season, aren't we? Remember what he did for Peter? Got tax right out of a fish mouth. How about that? Right? True. Come on. Anything you've ever heard of him that's valid, let me tell you, he's the same right now. What opens your heart to a miracle today is when you realize that he hasn't stopped doing what he used to do, and he's not holding off what he can do for another time. But it's available and standing before you right at this minute. Let me say that prophetically again to you. It is available and standing before you right at this minute. There are miracles that are going on in this room right now. I saw them very vividly when we were worshiping. Whenever God shows me those streams of healing, he's never saying this will eventually happen. He's saying, do you see what I'm doing right now? I believe that the hosts of heaven are here right now. People believe that demons move into place. Let me tell you, I believe that angels move into place. I believe we have ministering spirits that have been assigned to us to bring forth the blessing of God within our life. I don't know why people have more faith in the devil's agents than they do in God's. Oh, come on now. And if I understand scripture right, I mean, it appears to me to be that the hosts of heaven that fell with Lucifer are what most understand to be the demons anyhow, and that was only a third of them. That means we got two-thirds of the boys still on our side. I worry about people that say they're so spiritually perceptive, and I ask them, how do, they, how do you know that? And they say, because I see demons everywhere I go. And I'm thinking, well, good night, man. You should bump into God once in a while, shouldn't you? I mean, really, I mean, he's everywhere all the time, and at the same time, and how about the angels of the Lord? We got two for one on that one. He's the same today. Today is what he is. Never changes, never fluctuates. He's always that. Wow. He's everything I need right now. He's everything I could desire right now. He's everything that would make my soul sing right now. Right now. What a great God he is. What a great God he is. He's the same today. Praise God. Wow. There's another thing that helps me enter into a miracle right away, and that's found, it's, it's, the, it's the concept, it's, it's seen in Luke 1 and verse 37, but it's that concept that it flows throughout Scripture, and, and that is this, that nothing's impossible with him. Nothing is impossible. Uh, the setting that you got in, in the Luke 1 passage is when the angel Gabriel came to Mary, when he appears to her, this young teenage girl, he tells her that she's highly favored of God. He goes on to explain to her that she's going to conceive, that she's going to bring forth a child, a son. Uh, it'll be the son of God. It'll be Jesus, you see. And, uh, and he goes through this whole thing with Mary. And, and she's, you know, this has got to be a mind-blowing moment. I don't know if you just read Bible to where you get into it. I told you Sunday, you've got to you got to sit in the moment to really understand it. But just think about this. First of all, first of all this young lady, you know, it's, it's, not like, it's not like she made an arrangement and an appointment for an angel to come. So that's kind of got to be a, like, where did you come from moment right there when he appears. And then the announcement that he gives to her, that he tells her that she's going to conceive. Good night. And she's going to have a son. And, and she's thinking, and, and she finally voices it because she's real open to whatever God wants. You know, she says the be it unto me according to your word thing, but then she does say, I don't have one question. Yeah, what's that? And she says, well, the question I got is, how, how's all this going to happen, seeing I've never been with a man? And I'm thinking to myself, that's a good question. <laughs> huh? I mean, was I unbelief? No, I think that's a pretty good question. 
And, and then I knew that Gabriel was different than me because had God just spoken to me and said, hey, just go down the road here, there'll be a little girl in this house and tell her she's going to conceive and bring forth a son, you know, and then, and then I present that to her and she turns to me and says, that's very nice, but how that can happen since I've never had relations with a man? I would have said, uh, you know, I'm going to have to get back with you on that one. <laughs> I hadn't thought about that, to tell you the truth. <laughs> But he didn't have to do that because, see, he had come from the presence of God. And he answered her in two ways. Do you remember what he said? First of all, he came along and he said to her this. He said, the, uh, let me get right in here. He said, the power the highest is going to overshadow you. He didn't say, oh, in a few months you'll figure it out. Oh, no, no. He said, the power of the highest is going to overshadow you. And that which will be born in you will be the Son of God. And then he said, for with God nothing is impossible. Now listen, I don't know when it happened. And this is my flesh now. This is not the Holy Ghost. But I really kind of wish that God would have allowed Perry, Mary to pen those words and tell us what it was like when the power of the highest overshadowed her. In the original language, the implication is like a cloud. I don't know if it happened right there. I don't know if it happened when the angel vanished. I don't know if it happened the next morning. But something happened that was extraordinary. The glory of the Lord came and covered her. And he said that that's where the deposit's going to happen. Wow. You see, he's still a God that moves upon people. And he puts things within us that are not of ourself. And he doesn't need a man to get the job done. You hear this? How is this all going to happen since I've never been with a man? won't be any problem. I don't need a man. I'll come upon you. And then he just made it so clear. Because with God, nothing's impossible. Are you hearing this? Nothing's impossible. Not even a stretch. Now, Jeremiah, he had that down pretty good, but he was still struggling with something. He thought, well, it's not impossible, but you know how this is. This is going to be hard. That's where some of us are. We know nothing's impossible. We just don't think it's very probable. Oh, don't look at me in that tone of voice. We know he can. We just don't think that there's a chance that it will. And I guess Isaiah was, or rather Jeremiah was struggling with that, and God had to deal with him on the same idea, and, but he said it this way. He didn't ask him, you think it's impossible. He said, is there anything hard for the Lord? And the answer had to come back, no, there's nothing too hard for you. Can I tell you something? I believe this, that when God gets through healing everybody in this room, he won't even need to sleep in past 8 tomorrow. It won't tax him or wear him out at all. You know what helps me get a miracle right now is when I realize he's the same today as he's ever been, and literally nothing, nothing, nothing's impossible with him. Quit putting barriers up there, limitations or boundaries. There literally are none. Nothing's impossible with him. Wow. Wow. So he can heal you if you believe, and then he can shock you if you don't. Did you all hear that? Uh-huh. Well, I've seen him heal people that you didn't even think you liked. Much less was part of the family. What a glorious God he is. Nothing's impossible. Another thing that helps me in the area of opening my heart so I can get a miracle today, because it all has to do with the openness of heart, is found in Hebrews 12 and verse 2. And it says this, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Looking unto Jesus, who is, now watch this, the author and finisher. See, sometimes people say, well, I don't know that I can get a miracle today because it's not that I don't believe, but I'm not sure i got enough faith yet. 
Well, that's not a problem. No, that's not a problem. You know, when I first started preaching, and, I, and the anointing of healing, the gift, the call of God to minister healing was with me from the beginning. Before I started preaching, the gift was there. That's why I had opportunities to preach. Uh, the anointing for healing started showing six months before anyone ever asked me to go to a pulpit and preach. It was because of the miracles that were happening on the street. And I was a teen, so they were happening in my high school. And then I would also go to the hospitals. I'd go to the hospitals in the Niagara Falls area once a week lay hands on people, they'd get healed. People say, well, if you've got a gift of healing, why don't you go to the hospitals? That's what I did. And there were, there were sick people there. So I'd go there and pray with people, and they'd get healed. Literally get healed, walk right out of the hospital well. And I'd go to the waterfalls, Niagara Falls, and I would minister there. I think I was smarter then than I am now. Because people come from all over the world to see that waterfalls. Asians alone, over 20,000 Asians just through the month of August will come into Niagara Falls just to look at that waterfalls. Now, good God, I, I used to just travel seven miles. They came to me. Now I travel halfway around the world and spend $4,000 on airline tickets to get there. I, I'm sure I must have been smarter then than now. <laughs> but I used to think back then, if you have faith, you can get it. And I would tell people that. I would preach like that. I would preach, you know, if you believe God, he can, if you believe, God can do it. And I remember I was preaching one day and made that statement. If you believe, God can do this. And the Holy Ghost spoke to me right while I was preaching. Boy, talk about mess your message up. He spoke to me right while I was preaching. When I said, if you believe, God can do it. And the Holy Ghost said, I can do it whether you believe or not. What made you think I need you to be me? Now, that'll just about wipe you out right there. That's not that there's no place for faith or it doesn't have any benefit in one's life, but I'm going to tell you something. If you don't think you've got enough faith tonight, you don't have a problem. Because the truth is that Jesus is the author and the finisher of your faith. You see, faith doesn't come out of our belief. Faith comes forth from him. Well, I'd like to teach this, but not, not, this is not the essence of the message tonight to teach on faith. But if you want to know more of this, you need to get one of the CDs back. There's one called The Real Faith. And I can promise you, if you get that CD series, it'll transform your understanding of faith. It really will. Because we tend to think in the church that we're manufacturers of faith. That you've got to build your faith up. You've got to pray it up. You've got to you know, study it up. You've got to fast it up. You've got to do all that stuff. And if you've got enough faith, then you can get a miracle from God. That's what we think. We think that faith is a spiritual currency. That's what we think. You know people think that way because they say stuff like that. Well, you need a miracle? Yeah, well, you've got to have enough faith. So here you are. You've got a brain tumor. You go to God and you say, God, I want to be healed of a brain tumor. And God says, well, you know, I do the brain tumor thing here. Yeah. He says, how much faith you got? Well, I I've got $7 of faith, God. And God's very kind, so he says, that's very nice. That's very nice, but you've got to understand that tumors are going for $10 of faith nowadays. <laughs> he says, so here's what you need to do. You need to go home and you need to pray a little harder and fast some and maybe, you know, write, read your Bible more regularly. And when you come up with an extra $3 of faith, you get it back over here. And we'll get you healed of that brain tumor. And then as you're kind of bummed but walking out the door, he says, hey, hey, wait, wait, wait just a minute. We do happen to have a blue light special today. And for $7 of faith, we can't actually cure you of the brain tumor, but we can change it from being malignant to benign. I'm glad we already took the offering. Do you see their attitude right now? They're like, we've taken the offering, I'm not giving it back, so just lose the attitude. <laughs> we think like that. That's not the way it is at all. I don't have time to go into the depth of it, but we don't actually bring faith to him and then he does something he pours faith into us and then we respond appropriately faith comes it's always this direction not this direction the scripture says faith comes by hearing hearing by the word of god you understand even the salvation that you have is a result of the grace of god for by grace are you saved you can put a period right there there is more but that says it for by grace you're saved then he says through faith and that not of yourself not of work, so no man can boast. Did you hear that? Someone said, no, Dale, you're missing it. It said faith right there. Yes, but, it, but listen to what it said. It says, by grace are you saved through faith. And that, what is the that? That is the faith. That's not of yourself. It's a gift of God. So what God did is he gave us as a gift faith to grasp what grace had provided. Did you all understand that? Grace did it. 
before you believed, before you had any faith, the lamb was already slain. The sacrifice had already been made. And so when you came before him, this is what he did. He didn't reshed the blood. It was already done. Grace had provided it. And so when I came without hope and without faith and without righteousness, when I came before him, he became to me the God of all hope, as Paul called him. He became the author and the finisher of my faith. He gave me faith to grasp or laid hold on what grace had already done. Jesus is the author and the finisher of your faith. So I no longer tell people to come to him in faith. I used to say that. I never preach like that today. I never say, come to him in faith, he'll deliver you. Come to him in faith, he'll heal you. Come to him in faith, he'll forgive you. Come to him in faith, he'll fill you. I never say that. I just tell them, come to him. That's all I do. Just come to him. If you will come to him, you will find in him everything that you need. Come on, guys. Our problem with the faith thing is that we've had more faith in our faith than faith in him, and then we're worried about our faith. You know what helps me get a miracle right now? Is when I realize he's the author and the finisher of my faith that I can come before his presence, and if there is something that I need to receive the gift of God, he will equip me with it. He will pour it into my heart. I got to tell you, I have more faith in him than I do in my faith. Wow. Hey, that's pretty good preaching, preacher. I think I like what that's saying. That's glory to God. Okay, I just had to get that out somewhere. <sighs> Luke 5, verses 12 and 13, show me something else that helped me get a miracle right away. Now, this is what I've told you. Jesus is the same. He, nothing's impossible. He's the author and finisher of your faith. There's something else you need to know. Luke 5, 12 and 13, there's a man that came to him that was terribly diseased. He had leprosy. No one could be cured of that. That was the AIDS patient of his day. And when he came to Jesus, he said to him, I know you can. I'm just not sure you will. If you will, you can make me clean. You know what Jesus did for that guy? He straightened out that question once and for all. He didn't say, I'll think about it. He didn't say, I'll pray about it. He didn't interview him. He just said, I will. Be clean. And immediately the guy's healed. You know what helps me get a miracle right now? Is when I realize that God is willing to always function in keeping with who he is. Now, that was worth the whole night. Did you hear that? Here's what I want to tell you about the healing. Healing is not something God can do. Healing is what God is. He is by name a healer. Do you understand that? There are some things that God does. There are other things that God is. He parts the Red Sea, but he never said, I'm the water parter guy. But when, he, when it came to healing, he said, I am Jehovah Rapha. The names of God don't tell us of the abilities of God. They tell us of the character and the nature of God. Did you hear what I just said there? The names of God don't just tell us what he can do. It tells us who he is. And when he said, I am the Lord who heals you, I am Jehovah Rapha, I discovered something right there, that he wasn't just able to heal. That's who he is by character and by nature. And he is always the same. He never changes. There's never even a shadow of turning with him. So every time you meet him, you, let me tell you what you meet. You meet the Savior, because there is salvation in no other name but the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Are you all catching what I'm saying right now? His name shall be called Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. There's salvation in the name of the Lord. He's not just able to save. He's a Savior to the bone. He's never any other way. That's what he's like. And so when you discover something about the nature of God, you discover something that's always true of him. Let me tell you about this God. He's willing to heal you tonight because that's who he is. 
That's who he is. He is a healer. Whenever you meet him, you meet the healer. That's what he's like. If you'll open your heart to that, you'll discover him in that way. If you keep your heart closed him in that way, you'll never discover him that way. But if you'll open your heart to the reality of who he is, he will manifest himself in that very way, and you'll get more than information, you'll get more than revelation, you'll be transformed in that very image. It'll happen in you. Oh, praise God. I am the Lord that heals. That's what he said. I will. I will. He never changes. He's that right now. By the way, when he made that statement to Israel, is when they passed through the Red Sea. That's after they'd seen the plagues come on the Egyptians. You know, they heard that there was a deliverer coming. They've heard it for 400 years, though. It's become more of a legend than anything else. And that's why Moses told God when, he, when God said, go to the people and tell them they're getting out now, he said, they'll never buy into this. And God gave Moses those signs, remember? Sticking the hand in the coat and pulling it out as full of leprosy, pouring the water on the ground, you know, that kind of thing. That's a real eye-opener. And uh, Moses knew that the people had been singing and talking about it, but they didn't believe it anymore. And it was a now moment it was going to happen. And he had to bring them to that in order for them to get up and get out. And now God comes. They've heard about him, and he comes. But boy, every time he comes, someone gets their clock cleaned. Think about this. Every time God manifests himself, you got more flies than you can swat, more frogs than you can eat frog legs off of. You've got more lice than you can scratch. You've got hail that's wiping everything out. It gets so black you can't see your hand in front of your face. And the firstborn of everybody and everything dies. He opens up that Red Sea, marches them through, and then he closes it up on the Egyptians. Good night. Do you know what that sight looked like? Now, if all you've seen is Charleston Heston and the Ten Commandments, it looks pretty clean, but... Have you ever been down to the Gulf Bay when they had red tide or something like that come through and there's dead fish all over the place? Pretty stinky sight. Just think about dead bodies. Think about a whole army of people floating around on top and washing up on that shore. That'll freak you right out. It's your God that did that. Well, you're kind of glad he delivered you, but he's kind of like, it's kind of like that Doberman. Do you, do you really want to pet him? You know what I mean? I mean, we got a Rockweiler in the house, but you want to leave him alone with the kids? I don't know. And uh, God positioned himself in front of Israel that day. That's why he made this statement. He said, if you'll keep my commandments and follow my statutes, I'll put none of these diseases upon you that I put upon the Egyptians. That's why he said that. I'm, he said, I want you to understand what I'm like with you. I will put none of these diseases I knew that I put upon the Egyptians four, and here he goes. Here he goes. It's about to happen right now. He said, for I am. There comes an unveiling of who he is. He said, for I am the Lord your God that heals you, and which is in the Hebrew, you all understand this. This is where he said, I am Jehovah Rapha. When he said that, I don't know if you understand this or have put this together. When he said that, healing shot through that whole nation. You see, the psalmist is the one that makes it clear. And he says this, that when they pass through the Red Sea, and this is that moment when they've come through and they're on the other side, this is when God made that revelation and that statement to them when they're looking at all them dead bodies. And he said, I'm not, this is not the way I'm going to work with you. When he said, I am the Lord thy God that healeth thee, the psalmist said this, when they passed through the Red Sea, there wasn't one sick or feeble person among their tribes. Did you hear that? There wasn't one sick. Bible scholar Celeste was probably including the children, over two and a half million people. They've been slaves. They pass through that Red Sea, and guess what? Nobody's got arthritis. Nobody's got cataracts. Nobody's got a back problem. Nobody's got digestive disorders. Nobody has a skin disease. A whole nation of people, the minute he unveiled who he was and he said, I am Jehovah Rapha, that went through that whole crowd. It went through every tribe. And good God, nobody's sick. 
not, not just nobody's sick, there's not any feeble. Well, I'm not feeble. But I am 63. And I happen to notice that sometimes I don't get up the same way that I did when I was 16. In fact, I was watching one of the children out in the foyer here on Sunday. It was just a toddler and just, they could walk all right, but they fell down a lot. You know what kids are like. They dropped down. And I watched that kid hit that floor twice. Just look up and get up and keep going. And I was thinking, my God, if I hit the floor twice like that, <laughs> I'd still get up, but not like that kid did. <laughs> Because that kid didn't even know he went down, you know what I'm talking about? But I, I can promise you, if we went down twice in that floor, and you'd be helping each other up, what do you think? Yeah. There wasn't even a feeble person left in the tribe. Right now. It happened right now, the moment he showed who he was. Can I help you with something? This Jesus is the same right here. Can I help you with something? There's nothing impossible. I'm serious, there's nothing impossible. There are no barriers, there's no limits. There's nothing impossible with him. Nothing. Nothing at all. Come on. Come on, someone needs to enter and grab a hold of this right now. It's right here. You said, I I'm not sure if I got enough faith. That's all right. He's right here right now. He'll impart faith to you. If that's what you need, he'll give it to you. He'll authorize faith in you. He'll finish it. He'll put the finishing touches on that thing. That's who he is. That's who he is. And he will. He will do this. It's in his name and in his nature, and it's right here. Would you stand with me? All of, my God, there's healing happening all over the room right now. There's strong healing. That's real strong healing happening in the room right now. Whatever you need, I want you to grab that thing from God. Come on, I want you to own it right now. Let it happen in you, or look for it, because some of you have already got it. Literally, some of you already got it. Your hip is different, your eye is different, your ear is different, whatever. The pounding headache has left, the sinus condition. I don't know, the fear has departed. Would you please open your heart? Please open your heart. If I can have just a keyboard player right now. Can you just open your heart right now, please, and worship him. Worship him with me. Don't, don't, don't stand there dead. Worship him. Magnify him. Tell him who he is. Worship him in these very ways. Jesus, I'm so glad you're the same. You're the same in my house right now as you were in the house of Peter when you healed his, his, uh, his mother-in-law. You're that very one that stops the fever and removes it just like that. You're the same one. You're the same one that raised Jairus' girl from the dead. When you walked in that room, life entered the room where there was death, and death could not stay any longer because you were alive. You were alive. Will someone worship him with me? Just bless him like that. Come on. You who need healing in your body, tell him who he is. You're the Lord who heals us. You're the Lord who heals me. That's who you are. You're the Lord who heals me. That's who you are. You're my God. You're my God. And you open this mercy to me. You're the bondage breaker. That's who you are. There is no addiction. There is no bondage that can stand before your presence. You're the liberator. You have triumphed over all. All this is under your feet. There's not even a battle going on. The battle's been won. It's settled. Every chain falls right now. Come on, someone needs to grab that. Every chain falls. Receive that truth of God. There's nothing that holds you, no habit, no addiction, no bondage. The liberty of God is upon you. Come on, walk in your freedom right now. Own it, own it. Let that witness of God happen in you. I saw it happen to my brother who came back from Vietnam as a drug addict. Well, my mentor put his arms around him, just put his arms around him. And a buddy of his that was also an addict who had never been in church before. My, my mentor just put his arms around both those boys. That guy who had never been to church turned to my brother, and he said, my God, it got hot in here. He said, what in the world happened? He says, it was like I stepped into a sauna, and the power of God went through that boy, and he, was, he and my brother was instantly delivered from drug addiction, instantly delivered, just like that. Just like that it happened. He's right here right now, that same God. My Jesus, I worship you. Come on, this is the moment. Don't, don't wait for something to happen. It's happening right now. It's happening right now. As you worship him, you enter into it. You enter his gates with thanksgiving, his courts with praise. You step out of the time of this natural realm and to the eternal of the almighty God, where nothing is impossible and everything is. I worship you right now. Mm. Look for the stir of God. Look for the witness of God. Come on, look for the touch of God and respond to it. Don't just say, well, that might be it. No, no, just respond to it. Grab it. Grab a hold of it. Just like that woman with the issue of blood, she felt it in her body, but she had to own it, though. 
before it was going to stick with her. I taught you that Sunday night. Own it, own it right now. I saw specific healing flowing in this room. I'm going to pray out. There was two things that were witnessed to me. One I saw when I came in tonight. The other one I saw the other night when we were worshiping. Actually, when I was praying in my personal prayer time is when it first came through to me. I'm going to pray those things out right now. And there was way more than this. These are just indicators of where we're going. But this is what I saw. I saw the healing of God come into this room. I saw it the same thing redundant twice. Bang, bang, just like that. First it came in this side, and then I saw it come right up this side. I saw it first come in right way back there, right, right in that corner, way back there. And then the second time it came right in through here. And it was healing for people who had digestive issues. And the way I saw it, it's not the way it's, it's not exclusive to this, but the way I saw it, it was like acid reflux. I saw it right here, right here. People that deal with uh, uh, I, when I saw the acid reflex, I thought, Lord, what am I looking at? I, it appears to be acid reflex or a hiatal hernia. And he said, no, actually, you're, it is that, but it's more than that. It's every kind of, see, it's happening in this room right now. He says, every kind of a digestive disorder is what you're looking at. So you may have allergies and ability to assimilate food, or you may have diverticulitis, or you may have a stomach ulcer. Or, uh, I, what I saw was digestive disorders being healed. Now, here's what I really believe. I think a lot of you already got it because when I see it, it's already in action. And some of you, you know what I'm talking about because either right now when I said it, something in your heart said, that's mine, that's for me. You may not be suffering with it tonight, but something on the inside just jumped up and said, that's mine, that's for me. Let me tell you what's here right now. But others of you came in here with disorder or, or bloating or pain like that or burning in your chest and there's a difference in you right now. Or there's a stir of the power of God upon you. That's what's going on. I know, I, I speak of those things because I know how they work. Come on, if you need that miracle, if you need that miracle, just put your hand right in, right in that area and, and receive your gift right now. Receive your gift right now. Receive it in Jesus' name. No more digestive disorders in this house in the name of the Son of God. Come on, be bold, grab yours. Don't say, I believe that. This is your night. What is the point of believing stuff that never happens? Get it right now. Be healed today. No more stomach ulcers, no more lining problems in your stomach, no more diverticulitis. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, be completely healed. No polyps or growths like that. Be healed in the wonderful name of Jesus. I close up every hiatal hernia right now and heal you in your esophagus. Be healed in the wonderful name of the Lord. You stop acid reflux. You're going to lay down and sleep all night long and not have problems. You're going to be able to eat at any time of the day or night and not suffer from it. In the powerful name of Jesus. In the powerful name of Jesus. Come on, is anyone getting an amen on that one? Are you grabbing that? There's the yes of God coming to you. Receive that gift of God. Know it in your heart. Know it in your body. Hmm. Every nervous disorder that's involved with that and every afflicting power I put out in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. I'm going to hang on to that because I still feel the power of God real strong in that way. All of this, come on, take it, all of this. In the wonderful name of Jesus, be healed. In the wonderful name of Jesus, be healed. You know, I'm going to want to lay hands on you tonight if you're getting that miracle. You that are getting that miracle, I want to touch you before you go because I want to lock that in with you. All right, so don't, don't bypass this moment. Your response to God really determines what the results will be in your life. Responding to him is so key. It's so key. That's why we look for ways in which people can harmonize with God. That's why we do the things we do. There's another clear, and here's the other thing that I picked up on the other night when I was walking this room and praying uh, before you ever came in. And I heard, and I heard it in my spirit. I, I witnessed it in, within. It's really, it flows out of the Isaiah passage, Isaiah 53, when it says, surely he's bore sicknesses. Now the original, I'm, I'm quoting this more as a literal translation. It says, surely he's bore sicknesses. And then watch this, it says, and carried away our pains. And I heard in my heart, the voice of the Lord say that Tuesday night, there's gonna be an anointing that's gonna carry pain away. Now you understand that God doesn't give painkillers. So if you've got pain in your shoulder, 
He's not just going to give you a painkiller. He's going to heal whatever's wrong on that shoulder. You get what I'm driving at? You got a migraine? He's not going to, he's not going to take away the migraine. He's going to take away the cause. The reason why your head's going to feel different is because he healed whatever was wrong there. There's an anointing in there. No one in this room should walk out of here with any kind of pain whatsoever. You're dealing with pain from a disease. He's going to heal that disease. He's going to remove that pain, but he's going to carry it away tonight. Now, the truth is, a lot of you got it right now. I'm going to tell you, there are people in this room that walked in here with pain, and they don't have pain right now. It's not like it's going to happen. You're already in it. You already know what I'm talking about. That wrist already moves different. You don't have that neck issue right now, or that pain in their kidney area, or whatever it was, in your throat, and your glands is already gone. You need to check it. It's right there. There's healing there. Others, you're going to grab it right now. I'm telling you, this is going to be a pain-free group. Are you ready for that? Come on, do you, do you need that? You want to receive that right now. Just reach up a hand toward heaven and grab that. Just take it right off the shelf for you, would you? Reach up and take that right now. I stop pain in this room in Jesus' name. I stop pain in this room in the wonderful name of Jesus. I rebuke every infirmity spirit that's involved with that and afflicting power and drive them out. I remove inflammation from your body here now in the great name of the Lord Jesus. I stop and remove every disease in this room. Come on, he's bored in his own body. has been put to death. Be free from that in Jesus' name. No more arthritic pain. Be healed in Christ's name. No more pain in your eyes and in your head. Be healed in the wonderful name of Jesus. In your teeth, no more pain. Be healed right now. Have great oral health. A creative miracle that restores you. I saw a girl in, Me in Mexico City. She had terrible abscess in her tooth, and God instantly took that out, and she no longer had any abscess. Come on, in Jesus' name, be healed in your mouth. Be healed in your mouth. In the wonderful name of the Lord, all the way through, you don't have pain abdominally or in your legs and your feet. Be healed. All of the cause of it be gone in Christ's name. The other witness that was real strong to me when I saw that when I was in worship and he, and, he, and he said that, and I was thinking healing, physical healing. He said, now listen, Jesus said this in his ministry. He said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me too. And he started listing stuff. Do you remember what the second was on the list? It was to heal hearts that are broken. Now, you know, in the natural, someone comes up and says, I found out my kid's a drug addict. You know what we all do? We say, well, we're going to believe God with you for that to get turned around. Someone comes up and says, they told me today that I have cancer. Well, we're going to fast and pray with you and trust God for a miracle. Someone comes up to you and says, I got a broken heart. And we say, well, suck it up, buttercup. Get over it. But that's not his response to that. The second thing on his list of what he would do in the earth, he said, I'm going to heal broken hearts. And I very clearly heard the voice of the Lord when I was worshiping in here yesterday saying there's going to be a sweeping away of pain, but it's not just going to be pain of joints and pain of body. I'm going to heal hearts that have been broken. There's a huge flow of God's anointing that way right now. Right now. Come on. Wherever you've suffered, his healing is coming to you now. Some, maybe you've been abused. Maybe as a child, maybe as an adult, there's healing that's coming to you right now. Some of you suffering the pain of divorce, the agony of what that meant. Oh God, the loss of trust, the loss of relationship. Some of you may have lost a child or a husband or a wife. It's been like a nightmare ever since. Nothing's been right since then. That's about to change right now. There's healing here, right? Come on. Would you receive the gift of God? There's healing here right now. He's taking pain away. He's taking pain away. In Jesus' name, I release you tonight. From the pain and the suffering you've gone through. Be healed right now of the abuse that you've gone through. Be healed of the tragic moments. And the mark and the scar they brought on your life. You're going to sleep well now in Jesus' name. Your day is going to look bright again. It's come to you right here. Try to remove that storm. And that nightmare right now in Jesus' name. Come on, is anybody grabbing a hold of that? Please grab a hold of that. It's yours right now in Jesus' name. Receive that peace of God. Receive that healing of the Lord. And behold, behold, no more torment and no more fear. 
Ekomorakashatai. Wherever you need a miracle, just put your hand there. Let me believe God with you. Because you may say, Dale, I don't have none of those, but I got a problem with my liver or my kidney or whatever. Would you just put your hand wherever you got a need and believe God with me right now? Would you do that? You might want to touch the person next to you and be a part of their miracle if they need it. Come on. Come on. I'm going to pray with you from head to foot. Please respond to the touch of God now because your healing's right upon you. I'm going to say it all together right now, just like I did Sunday. In your head, be completely healed. No more ear problems, eye problems, nasal problems. Come on, everything about the head. The brain be well in Jesus' name. No dementia. Be completely cured. Everything about the head be healed. Your face, your mouth, all of it. Your neck and your throat be healed in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. It's all right. God's working deliverance right there. And there's joy coming in this one. There's power happening right now. It's all right. You got liberty, buddy minister that to you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and the joy of the Lord is your strength the power of God is your deliverance you hear that there's grace in you and power in you right now I stand before you in the name of Jesus and your freedom has come your freedom has come glory to God in your heart in your chest be completely healed and your lungs be completely new all of it by the word of the Lord Oh, God, praise God. Look at you. You're getting unraveled right there. Do you know what? You're getting unraveled right now. There's glory in you. There's peace in you. There's power in you. Glory to God. Come on, I speak healing to the core of you right now. Don't be distracted. There's healing right there. All your core be healed. Your liver, your stomach. Come on, your kidneys, your bladders, everything. Be well. Someone take that miracle now and own it in Jesus' name. Oh, boy, I sense the power of God here. Jesus all the way through your intestinal tract, be new. Your legs, your circulation too, your whole body, be well. Lymph node glands, be cleansed and be whole in Jesus' name. It's not a word of knowledge, I'm just praying stuff out in power right now. All the way through to your knees and your feet. No more neuropathy. Be healed in your feet right now in Jesus' name. Someone needs to grab that, I feel a strong pull on that one. You've had numbness and pain in your feet, you know what I'm talking about, there's healing for you right now. Right now, it's there. I feel the strong pull of God on that. That's not just a pray-out thing. That's a prophetic power right now. I sense it. In your feet, be completely well. Jesus. Jesus. Come on. Completely new. Someone's getting that miracle. Own that baby right now. Grab it. Be healed in your feet. No more pain. No more numbness. No more burning. No more suffering in them. Be completely well. Completely well in Jesus' name.